Freddie Lockhart is in the building. Buckle up, bitches. Here we go. The guy, I thought you were going to get the girl today. It was for Freddie. Oh. <laughs> Happy Sunday. Happy Shark Week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's Shark Week every three months, man. It's, they're wearing that Shark Week out. Freddie Lockhart is in the building, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Maybe one of the only humans that I know that says sun more than I do. <laughs> yeah. I say sun when I look in the sun, son. Yeah, I'm so bright today, sun. sun. I say it by myself when I'm in the car. When I see dudes on the phone, get off the phone, son. Sun. They get the phone up to their ear, which is illegal under California law. I wonder how many fucking people have died directly as a result of idiots being on their phone texting and driving and, and talking on the phone with, by their ear and losing out the peripheral vision. I bet it's staggering numbers. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot worse than I thought it was. You know, at first I was like, oh, it's probably the worst as like eating or doing other things in the car. But no, there's so many times you're just at the stop, like, like really stop Facebooking. It's a green light. You know? Yeah, there's a lot of people that just won't let that shit drop. Yeah, I, I, I have to make a point tonight, dude. I was trying to send a tweet on the way here. I'm like, on, you know, your windy mountain road, almost, <laughs> you know, dying. It's just a tweet. Hey. Isn't that how they thought that Paris Hilton, was it Paris Hilton's plastic surgeon? Yeah, yeah they, so they thought he did it, but it was just a lie. But it sounded so good. I don't know why they ever clarified it. Just leave it out there. Right. You know, he was... Uh, the one who rolled over the cliff in Malibu. Yeah, he tweeted about his dog, and then a couple seconds later died. And they were thinking that he was tweeting while he was driving, but they don't know. He could have been reading his tweets. Yeah. You know, he might not have been actually driving, but how the fuck do you go off a cliff? Especially if he had driven that cliff many a time. Yeah. It's like, I know Laurel Canyon like the back of my hand. I can drive it forward. Unless you think you're in a goddamn Porsche commercial and you're going sideways around corners. There's this video that made me want to get a GT3. Before I got one, there's a, there's a video of a Porsche on a mountain road. It's a GT3 on a mountain road, and it's some badass fucking rally driver. And he's on a mountain road, and it's like turning left and right, and he's going sideways around every corner. <laughs> Just knows what the fuck he's doing, knows how to handle that thing, and oh, it looks so much fun. You got one? Oh, yeah, I got a GT3. I got rid of that Barracuda. Oh, did you? Yeah. Well, you never drove it. Just no. Went out for shows all the time. Well, I never drove it, and it went out for shows for the first six months that I had it, and then it almost killed me. I talk, I've talked about this many times on the show, so in the interest of brevity, the, the, when I got home one day, the suspension fell off in the driveway. The suspension detached from the frame. And I was like, what the fuck? That could have happened like 10 minutes ago when I was going 70 miles an hour on the highway, and I'd be a dead person. That's like a quarter million dollar car. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it, it didn't cost me that much, but it's probably worth that much. I got rid of it, and then I got the you Porsche. You sold it on the Barrett Jack? No, I sold it to a dude that I know. Oh, no, sure. Some, some rich character. Ah, is he driving around? Yeah, yeah, he, he's a, he owns, like, a big uh, Ferrari refurbishing place, oh, right. and he loves cars. He's got a hundred cars. I remember you would, would show up with that every once in a while, and, yeah. then, and then Fat James would drive. I think you'd pay him, like, a sandwich or something. Yeah, yeah. I'd pay, well, pay, give him a hundred bucks. Uh, I'd give everybody a hundred bucks to watch it, and then one of the dudes that I gave a hundred bucks now is one of the cameramen for TMZ. So he comes Jeremiah? down to yeah, he yeah, comes yeah. down to the improv and I'm like, What's up, dude? And yeah. he's like, Hey, remember you used to make me car your car for a hundred dollars? It's a terrible impression of him, I don't know why. It's, it's, you know what? That's all he deserves. That's what, that's <laughs> <laughs> some guys like some guys will say that's a terrible impression. That's all he gets. That's all he gets. He ain't a bad dude, no, he's just he's a, a little on the shy side. Uh, on the extremely like like he walked in like I wasn't jerking off and I didn't say you were. <laughs> Is he uh, a comic? Is he trying to be a comic? I, I don't know. He's a nice guy. You know, I actually even lived uh, in the same apartment with him. I don't want to say lived with him. But I lived in the same room? Yeah, not in the same room. Um, uh, I, I lived with him in uh, uh, Wheels' apartment. Oh, uh, you and Wheels lived in the same apartment one time? 
No, actually, he moved in after I moved out. I lived in Mule's house. I rented a house in Mule's. It's my house. You can rent it. You might have been renting somebody else's house. You don't even know. I was there for like a month, and then I moved into Caliendo's house, and then those guys later on, hey, you know, three days of chaos, banks foreclosed. I'm like, what is that? You know, he's one of those weird, weird guys. If you don't know who we're talking about, there's this comic named Wheels, and he used to open for Dice Clay back in the day, and his claim to fame, he even had it on his website, was the night that Dice couldn't follow him. He killed so hard, Dice couldn't follow him. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, if you've never seen Dice perform, love or hate Dice, Dice is a goddamn pro. Yeah, nobody does it. They, 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 nobody goes on and Dice is like, I can't do it. Yeah, I can't follow no. it. It's impossible. It's never happened ever. But this dude is also like, his stories are, I don't want to call him a compulsive liar, but that's the only description that fits. Grandiosity? Yeah. A bit? yeah. Well, he, he, we, we did uh, the La Jolla ones, mm-hmm. and he was like, uh, you know, I was a professional pool player. He's telling me he's a professional pool player. I go, really? Yeah, he goes, oh, yeah, I hustled. I, you know, I, I go, dude, I didn't know that. I go, I've been looking for someone to play pool with. Come on, let's play pool. We'll play with a dollar a game. Dude, it owes me like 30 bucks. <laughs> I won 30 games in a row. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Where were you playing pro? Because I'm going to go over there and start robbing people. <laughs> he never got out once. Never got out once. I'll tell you one thing. He's a, he's a hell of a cook, though. Right? Have you ever had his food? Yes, I did. He catered and he brought it to the comedy store. It was really good. Yeah, yeah, he's a hell of a cook. But I don't want to believe he made it. I want to believe <laughs> that he fucking stole it from some Mexican dude. He got some poor guy you working for it for five bucks I an d- hour. I didn't even think about that. Or you're at Barnes next night. Yeah. Like on special two nights. Ago. I just said, yeah. There's a lot of those guys in Hollywood, man. You will meet a lot of guys that are just completely, totally full of shit. But you know something? When you're on the level, it takes me a while to figure that out. It took me years in Hollywood to figure it out. I'm just like, why would people lie about that? You know? And especially now, it's like I have the internet. Why yeah. Lying? Well, now the problem is they've established a long tradition of lying throughout their whole. The they subscribe they to it themselves yeah. after a while, and they create this world that they want to live in. Well, I think it's a lot of it is also just impulsive. The, the liars that I've known, it seems like they just can't help it. Like, they have a hard time not lying. You know what's the weirdest is successful liars. Like, uh, I'm mm-hmm. not naming any names, but there's comics in Eddie Griffin. Business. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're not scared. I love Eddie Griffin. Yeah. I love Eddie Griffin, yeah. but Eddie Griffin's in the back of the comedy store once. I went eight rounds yesterday with a world champion kickboxer. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you what. For the first three rounds, for the first three rounds, the nigga was getting the best of me. <laughs> but for the last five, he didn't want none of this. He didn't want, he's got a cigarette in one hand and yeah. a drink in the other. And meanwhile, this guy's a movie star. Yeah, he'll tell you things like, <laughs> nigga, when I was studying at Harvard and before Yale, <laughs> but after Oxford and before Johns Hopkins, I said to myself, <laughs> Eddie, I'm going to do some comedy. And it's like, the thing is, he was a like a... Very talented yeah. dude, a, a yeah. brilliant dude. It's like he he had all of these attributes, but then he would just like, oh nigga, I've been to the moon three times. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sure you have not been to the moon. I don't think you have. He's a liar movie star. Yeah, and that's what I don't get. It's like you're you you knocked it out of the park. <laughs> yeah, you did something that point oh 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 one percent of people in this town do. Congratulations, and here you're trying to tell me that you own Coca Cola too. <laughs> it's like, come on. He's so crazy. I'm already impressed. But that's why he's so talented. He, yeah. he can just get on stage and just talk shit. Yeah. He's one of the, the few guys that I've ever seen that will get on stage and not have a fucking clue as to what he's going to talk about. Right. And he'll stay up there for five hours. And you know what he always did? It's like I'd always extract one thing I liked from a comic, even if I didn't like that comic very much, is he could bask in silence. He could just sit oh, yeah. there and think of his next stuff. And still, but man, just I ain't going to say shit. Yeah. He just well, sit there with his... 
face and smoke and stare. Well, he'll also let it seem like you were supposed to be dwelling on the last oh, yeah. deep shit oh, yeah. he hit you with. Yeah, like he just, just inundated you with an <laughs> avalanche of intellect. Like, oh my god, let me come up from the, from all this. Who we were exposed to by being comics and by being comics in the pressure cooker that is Hollywood. You're exposed to psychological lessons that the average person just never gets to deal with. Right. You know, you get to watch someone become crazy. You get to watch someone. You get to watch someone lose their shit when they get a little bit of fame. Those guys are fascinating. Oh yeah. You know, the people that get a little development deal and all of a sudden they're yelling at people and ordering people around. And dude, you know the best story that you the story of the Boondock Saints, the kid, the Troy Duffy kid who made that. Dude, we have talked about this on the podcast oh. very recently. There's a you documentary right there. Okay. That's, that's it on the that's floor. What I'm talking about. Overnight. That's, that's the perfect example. Yes. Of that. And now that so guy, for the folks that don't know, this guy that made the movie The Boondock Saints, and they made a documentary on him called Overnight, and he's just an insufferable cunt of a human being yeah. who got some success right. and fucked it all up. And kind of success, though, I haven't heard of since then in Hollywood. Like, like they bought the bar the kid worked at. They didn't, though. They, they he didn't. promised it was part of the deal. Miramax, Harvey Weinstein promised to buy him the bar and yeah. co-own the bar. Because that was back then did. when they had hopes that, like, hey, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon did it. We can, we're star makers mm -hmm. now. We're, we're, we're going to take indie scripts and make them big. That was yeah. kind of their thing in the mid-late 90s, Miramax. Yeah. You know, they're huge into that. And so, like, yeah, that kid gets that deal. And he's talking, like, people are lining up to make... I haven't seen that kind of heat around a script since then. Like, no. The yeah. dudes who were lining up to get in that, all Boston Irish dudes, were, like, uh -huh. really clamoring to get in that. Yeah. And then it started to whittle down to all you have is Willem Dafoe, who was in it from the beginning, but, like, that's the only guy, I think, who stayed attached. If you see the movie, though, man, it just it's an amazing documentary on what, what can happen to you. Get at it all. Yeah. You can lose your shit, man. There's a lot of people. I've met so many people that have just completely lost their shit along the way to just mediocre success. Just a little tiny bit. Yeah, and you see them, the you know, letting you know they got a million dollar guarantee in yeah. this fucking show. They're going to put it on right after Friends. There's right. no way it's going to fail. Yeah, we're in. <sighs> but don't you think it's funny, though, like in the grand scheme of things, that the bigger they are, usually the cooler they are. Like a Tom Hanks is probably not a dickhead. You know what I mean? Or, Some of them, yeah. Or, or say in the world of comedy, Chris Rock shows up to the comedy store. He shows up alone with a notebook, asks us if he, if he can go on. Right. Or say, you know, and he's, you know, arguably the top comic in the world, at least one of the most recognizable. Right. Now take somebody who's like maybe the 156th best comic in the world. Like Men's Steel, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Who want to get on stage and Bogart and the act line. like Patton yeah. showing up to yeah. you know a, a war theater. It's like you can't, you know, if the, if the number one guy is exercising that much humility. Everybody, you know, below needs to follow suit. It's it's a, an amazing dance that you play when you're you're trying to get attention on stage because you're trying to get these people to look at you. So you're trying to like perform the most entertaining set possible in the best way possible. But in some way or another, you have to divert all that adulation away from yourself. Yeah. You have to figure out a way to accept it and then like turn it right back to the people. You, you can't bathe in it. You can't, like, take it seriously right. and think that you are the shit. Or you will suck. Yeah. And you got to remember, too, we're not saving fucking lives. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's, like, another thing, too. It's, like, with comedy, but you have so many other interests. It's, like, we have 23 and a half hours a day to mm -hmm. spare. You can either become just a fucking miserable prick or you can educate yourself or pick up another passion. You know, and it's like... Or you can become completely obsessed with your career. Exactly. In quotes, and not have any other thing that you turn to, and then lose your shit. Because to me, a career al allows you to do all the other things you wanted to do. It's like, okay, now I have a pass to do the other things I want to do. There's a, uh, a an interesting thing that Mark Marin just did. He did this keynote speech at uh, the I Just for that. Laughs. And I listened in on it, because I have this sort of love-hate thing with Marin. 
Marin helped me out when I was an open micer and uh, gave me some real solid uh, advice and real solid compliments. And uh, I remember, you know, I'd only been doing comedy for a real short period of time, less than a year, and Marin was established. And I was like, wow, I can't believe this guy just, you know, just totally pumped me up. And I was like, I can fucking do this. You know, I've, I felt like, you know, I got, you know, from a guy like that who was real stingy with compliments. Sure. You know? Yeah. So for years I've been trying to be so fucking nice to him. Like, because of that. No, so every opportunity to shit on him or to fuck with him, I've avoided and ducked. Because I, I felt like I owed him for something that happened when we were really young. And so, um, you know, that's why I did his podcast, even though he had said some stupid shit about me. He doesn't even know me. Like, we didn't even have conversations. And like, and, what know. did he say about you? Oh, he just said, he said a bunch of really dumb shit. Oh, one of the things the he said that was really... About yeah, that, about one of the really dumb things that he said is that uh, I've done more bad to comedy than Mencia has because of doing Fear Factor. And his rationale, this is a true argument, his rationale was that in doing Fear Factor, I had taken work away from stand-up comics who also worked as writers. So the idea is that in me, being a stand-up comic who also has a side job of hosting, somehow or another, these other stand-up comics, their side job of writing sitcoms mm -hmm. outside of stand-up comedy, their side job is somehow or another more valid it's still it's still not comedy. It's still not stand up yeah. comedy. It's not. You're talking about a guy who's a massive plagiarist right. who just ruined comics' lives. Yeah, and you're comparing them to me because I hosted a game show. But this watching this, uh, listening to this keynote, now I understand a little bit better. Because three years ago he was talking about how he was so depressed um, he couldn't get any road work. He couldn't couldn't get booked anywhere, no one wanted to have meetings with him, nothing was going on, and, you know, he was thinking about committing suicide. And this is just three years ago, this is before he started doing his podcast. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is while all the shit is, was going down. I mean, this is, you know, three years ago, I wasn't doing Fear Factor, but I'm sure before then the bitterness was just as much. When some people see other people get success, they fester, and it drives them fucking crazy, and they want to look for holes in it. They yeah. want to look for things that are wrong with it. Instead right. of saying, oh, look at that fucking guy. He's going to do it. Like, like I love Drew Carey, yeah. okay? Yeah. And I wouldn't want to host The Price is Right for a fucking million dollars an episode. Yeah. I'd be like, God damn. That's what he's doing? The Price is Right? Or is that... Uh, uh, is yeah, he, does, yeah, he took right. over Bob Arkin. But you know what? That right. shows me that, that, that you, you're a creature who, who, who is survival of the fittest. When this business changes, you adapt. Well, it's, you know, he decided to take a job, is what I looked at it. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, Drew Carey's a great personality. He's a, a warm, friendly guy. Sure. And, you know, like, what's the other guy's name? The the, the black dude who sings? Oh, Will... uh, 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 Brady? Yeah. What's his name? Um, Wayne Brady. Wayne, Wayne Brady. Brady. Yeah, yeah. Why do I want to call him Will? Yeah. I can't remember his name. <laughs> I smoke too much weed. <laughs> um, but anyway, he when he does his show, which one is he doing? He's doing one of those daytime shows, too. Yeah, oh, is he, he doing a talk show? Yeah, one of those fucking, yeah, either Price is Right or the other oh, one. Okay. You know what I mean? Followed him around. Name that tune, whatever the fuck yeah. he's doing. It's not good. And it's it's one of those things where you look like it's like soul-crushing shit. But right. it's, it's a fucking gig. When I see Drew Carey, I don't go, fucking Drew Carey sold out. Like, look at Drew right. Carey selling out. But Marin has this thing because he was so unsuccessful. He looks for reasons why other people's success is either invalid mm -hmm. or 
or negative or bad, but this, this fucking festering personality of constantly obsessing about his career and negativity. It was, it was a fascinating keynote. One of the things he said that he joked around, it was a really funny joke, he, I'm the guy who thought Louis' uh, TV show should have been called Fuck You, Mark Maron. <laughs> you, know, you know, because they started out together, you know, so he's got some fucking crazy jealousy so about Louis. Did that you know him in Boston or, or yeah. in New York? Yeah, I knew him in Boston. Boston. Yeah, when he, I was an open mic night. You know, he was the same kind of with me, too. He was a, always... He's a cunt cool. to everybody. He's and a cunt to Jamie Kilstein. Yeah. He's a cunt to Ari Shafir. Brian Callen wanted to beat him up. Oh. He's been a cunt to me. He's, he's a cunt. And the reason why he's a cunt is because he's a cunt to himself. He's, God, he's he not happy. Because Callen's a really nice guy. Callen's is nice. Like, he's nice the coolest, as can nicest be. guy ever. Well, he insulted Callen on stage in front of Callen's friends who came to see him in New York. Not a disrespect. And, and Callen wanted to kill him. Yeah. Callan, you know, Callan even, like, said something and threatened him well, and like said, look, I'll hit you. Yeah. Like, okay, you, you want to fuck with me and fuck with me in front of my friends? Like, I'll hit you. I don't know what happened or who. This is just the stories that I'm getting. But I know that he gave Ari unsolicited criticism, and I know he fucks with Kilstein. Brian, are you fucking with the levels constantly? Huh? No, I'm just tweaking. You're fucking with my head, bro. Leave it alone. But it's why is he doing that? He's doing that because he's doing that to himself. His his whole mind is fucked. He's a guy who's been doing comedy forever, mm -hmm. but still can't get successful. We were in um, uh, Irvine the other day. We did the Irvine Improv, and I'm like, uh, "Do you guys pretty much sell out here every weekend?" He's like, Psh, "Not when Mark Maron was here. It's like barely got a hundred tickets sold each show." And I was like, "A hundred tickets at the Irvine Improv? Like that's impossible." Okay. So. It's like this, this, this career that he's had for all these years, 25 plus years, mm -hmm. it's, you know, he's obviously done a lot of shit wrong until he did this podcast. And this mm -hmm. podcast, he's just nailing it. The yeah. podcast, he figured out what he's good at is really getting into people's minds. He knows his own neuroses. He knows his own, his own fears and hopes and dreams and stand-up. And he can relate to other comics. And then now he's sort of like calming down and being... But he still does douchey shit. Like, Anthony Bourdain's going to be on my podcast. Oh, seriously? Yeah, and he wrote, uh, hey, I heard you're going to do Rogan's podcast, but he ain't me. You know, it, it would be deep. Like to go, and that's exactly what he wrote. He ain't me. It would be deep. Like, come on, man. Go, go take a goddamn yoga class, okay? <laughs> go to one of those places where everybody just hugs everybody. Yeah, just, you know what I mean? Just go bit. and get yeah. some hugs, yeah. man. Yeah. Just what the, what the f this negative, festering fucking kind of thinking is exactly what we were talking about, where people don't have shit outside of their career. And if they don't have, have a bunch of other things. Yeah, if you have something going on, I could care less about what's going on with others. They, they never taken away from me. If you're not taking work away from me, which, you know, nobody is. Nobody is. You know, I'm fine with that. And it's like, I, I that comedy cop thing to me ends about a year into comedy when it's like, holy crap, I've got my own thing to say now. I'm yeah. not be concerned with who goes on for me, who goes on after me. I don't care. Well, it's another thing that Marin had said on his show once about his, uh, his parents never fostered a healthy sense of competitiveness in him mm -hmm. and he's one of those guys that like if he's losing he'll just turn the board over he'll just oh, yeah. fucking take your ball home and go home and it's that that crazy sort of fucking dysfunctional thinking that that thinking that this disconnected is yeah. what it is you're disconnected from other people and you want it all yeah you want all the adulation you want all the love and if you're not getting what you need fuck everybody else then negativity starts you start throwing your negativity uh, yeah. at other people yeah. and the only way you can truly be positive at all is if you feel like you're getting enough positivity to be okay i got a good level here yeah. i got a good stash of positivity <laughs> now i can be nice it's a fascinating psychological study to watch all these guys to watch these mark Marin guys that were like literally on the brink of suicide yeah. you know yeah. and i think 
I try to like Mark. I really do. I try to be nice to him as much as I can. I try to like him. Sure. But it's like, man, I, I have a hard time seeing all that. I, I want to just throttle a guy like that and go, look, let's sit down and write down what the fuck is wrong with yeah. you and just work it out for once and for all. Right. Let's, let's not, not deal with this. with this for 25 fucking more years. Yeah. Let's figure this shit let's out, man. Let's not Frankie Pace this thing, man. God, you know I mean? exactly. This, this, exactly. You know, let's not go that better. This, he's a fucking guy. That guy, I, he got mad at me once because I called him. I said the old school comedy talent of Frankie Pace. That's what I said, old school. And he doesn't understand that old school is like skills. Yeah. It's like my man's oh, old gee. school. Like my man's old school Gojo Ru karate guy. You yeah. can say that to a dude and he'll give you some knuckles. He'll yeah. be laughing. You yeah. know, that's like a compliment. But when I called him, you know, uh, an old school. Meanwhile, he sucks. I shouldn't even said old school. Like I said, go on stage without your stupid fucking devil horns and yeah. your bag of shit yeah. that you bring with you everywhere. You and even Vito without the talent and yeah. ability. Here you go. He's a cunt of a human, but it's the same thing. It's like, here's a guy who doesn't feel like there's enough positivity out there. Right. And if he hasn't stockpiled a big stash of it, right. then it's, oh, these fucking kids, they think they're funny. And all you do is talk dirty. And all you do is this. And all you do is that. Yeah. So he goes on stage and introduces me after I introduced him with this old school thing. Right. And he goes, "This guy thinks I'm old school." And this, and like he starts, and I, and I, and then he shits on me and he starts shitting on my jokes. And this is all before he brings me up on stage. So I go on stage. I'm not even. I don't even know exactly how to handle him. So I go on stage. I go, first of all, dude, before I address any of what you just said, so I just start talking to him as he's walking through the crowd. I go, "Old school's a positive thing." I go, "Am I right, folks?" And they, they start clapping. Yeah. I go, "It's like a rapper term." I go, when you say someone's old, he goes, yeah, well, then you must be new school. I go, are you trying to say that I'm not good, that you don't like me? I go, what are you trying to say? So then I, I start smiling, and instead of getting upset at him, I, I start mocking him. I go, uh -huh. do you not like me? Do you, do you not like my comedy? I go, what's the matter? I go, does it make you feel uncomfortable when people laugh harder at my shit than yours? And that's when he got fucking pissed off at me. And he goes, you fucking wish you were as good as me. I go, come on, man. We all just watched you. You ain't that special. I go, didn't you guys see him? I go, you saw him, right? And I, I go, what is he got, like, devil horns on and shit? I go, what was that? Was that good? Was that amazing? Was that some breakthrough shit? Uh, I go, look at you, you little fat fuck. And he goes, you're going to look like me when you're my age. I go, do you think you look like me when you were, you were my age? <laughs> I go, what the fuck are you talking about? What are you saying? I'm, I'm you? You're me? Are we one? Oh my God. You're, you're a cunt. You're well, a cunt of a man. Get out of here. What a bitter fuck to be like, you'll look like this, yeah. son of a bitch. He's that guy, though. Yeah. He is the, the last guy you want to be. The business owes me something. This business yes. doesn't owe you a goddamn thing. There's you know? a lot of those guys, though, man. It does. And it's like, and all people always say, too, it's like Hollywood. It's so, it's, it's so crazy. It's so hard to make it. It's the fairest business I know. Yeah. It never shoes talent away. No, no, no. Get out of here. We, we don't need it. They never shoo talent away. But those guys who can find all these things wrong, whether it's the club booker or whatever, like especially yeah. at the comedy store, you'll find guys that's like, I'll always say, what other club is putting you on? Right. Silence. They not, never tell not, me another club. Well, the comedy store has got a fucking half a million assholes that really shouldn't be on stage. Right. But they're, they've snuck into that system back in the 1970s. Sure. And stuck there. Yeah. You can go there any given night on a Monday or a Tuesday, and you'll see three or four comics you can't fucking believe yeah. are professional comedians. Right. At the comedy, comedy store. store. Yeah. In Hollywood. Yeah. Man, the, when the, I was... That's Mecca. The best of the best and the worst of the worst. The worst. You know? The, the, Beyond the, bad. The attic is high and the basement goes real fucking deep. But you there know, was a lot of room clears back in the day. We oh. would see them. We would look at the... That's the face you... That's exactly what you would say. You would look at the lineup. You would see Freddie Lockhart. And then you'd look at before you and you'd just go... Oh. Oh. Dude, I remember when I worked the cover booth and I turned my shirt inside out because I was embarrassed to work there because I have to answer <laughs> to the likes of why is a Gulia Razi on stage or a Dave Pierre or a... 
whoever Ugh. they're putting on, giving eulogies as they do. And I remember you, you drove that NSX, and I, I remember it's like if I saw that NSX pulling up, you were like the cavalry. It's like, oh, a legitimate bona fide comedian, a real comedian that I can show all these people that I had to look in a straight face in charge of $20 to see the likes of Dave Pierre up there telling, why doesn't my cell phone work? With the antenna down, but up, it works. What's Wow, huh? That was his closer. <laughs> wow, that poor guy. He stopped doing comedy, and he started doing some, like, I think he started doing some sort of humanitarian work or something like that. Yeah, I forget what him. he did. Good he was a really nice guy. He was. Um, I sold that guy my car for, I like, nothing. I, I, Dave Pierre, sorry, I switched it. Dave Teitelbaum. Oh, that's it. Was. Dave Doesn't Teitelbaum. that sound more like Dave yeah. Teitelbaum? Dave P- Pierre, honestly, I don't Dave even Pierre remember. Dave Pierre was a sweet guy. I, remember I don't even that. remember his act. He worked at the store too, though. Really, really, really thin so. guy. Yeah, Dave Pierre. I just remember him real, real skinny and funny. Like I had a nice Volkswagen, a Scirocco. Oh yeah. I think that was what it was called. No, not the Scirocco. Maybe it was a Scirocco. Whatever. It was like a, a Volkswagen, a pretty sweet Volkswagen. And I started. Uh, that's what I got. Like one of my first development. Wait, what, you, what year was this? This was '94 when I first came what to Hollywood. '92, '91, oh, something like that. It was a nice. It was a nice car. Oh, it was okay. a decent Your car. First first, new, yeah, my yeah. first new car. Yeah. And uh, I got a Supra Turbo, and so uh, I had this other car just laying around, and, and, you know, Dave was telling me he needed, you know, needed a car, but he doesn't have any money. I'm like, how much money you got? And he wound up giving me like a thousand bucks for it or something like that. I just gave it to him. I forget what it was exactly, but, you know, the car was worth like 10 grand. Oh, that's I, awesome. I just gave it to him. I was yeah, like, go ahead, take it. He's a nice guy. Dude, I bet he still drives that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> he lives not. in it now. He's got 300,000 miles on it, thing. There's a there was a an interesting uh, place because of that very reason though it's like it didn't you it, that the the lesson of the comedy store was that there was no rules there that it was chaotic and ridiculous and it made no sense and you know a guy like Eddie Griffin would go on at nine o'clock and stay on stage till three o'clock in the morning like all the yeah. time it's a pool with no lifeguard yeah it's just there's just you know a bunch of kids swimming and some are jumping off the roof and but because of that you know a lot of people d- develop that sort of habit of just going on stage and not giving a fuck about the clock right and I did too and I'm guilty of it for sure I did a lot of long but sets but you know there. you were doing them a favor though and you're also a guy who gave back to the club it's like you know there's little things that go without saying you give us a new roof a new sound system let them run the light Charles Fleischer would give me a Sacagawea coin to do 40 extra minutes. Yeah, well, you know? he was kind of crazy. You know, Fleischer's a, a strange cat. He's a deep cat. dude, though. He's, he's out there. He's a deep, <clears> He's deep, been at the uh, store lately? I haven't, I haven't seen, seen him in a while. I think they banned him. They oh, banned right. him We, we the catch store. up every once in a while. They banned him? Yeah, something happened. They stopped giving him sets. Which one of these is yours, brother? No uh, kidding. I haven't drank any of them sets. Oh. Okay. Yeah, they stopped giving him sets. Something happened. He got pissed, and then he started going over to the Laugh Factor. He's a, a genius. He man. is. He's, He's a fascinating good. dude to Brilliant sit artist. down and talk to. I want to get him on the podcast. I got his number once at a Starbucks, but then my fucking BlackBerry fell in the toilet, and I lost. <laughs> I lost it before I stored it in the, on the computer. Flexion. I think but I might have his number. I'll, I'll a, give it to you. Fascinating character. He's deep. He's, He's the voice bigger. of Roger Rabbit for people who don't know. Yeah, yeah. But he's also a scientist. You know, it was in the back of the comedy store. He said he came up with some geometric, new geometric structure. He'd been working on it for the last 36 days. Yeah. He's working on this mathematical structure. And yeah. he, he fucking brought it in. It was pieced together with little plastic. He's like, I go, how long did it take you to put this fucking thing together? He's like, pieced it all together himself. This yeah. weird multi-sided geometric pattern. I'm yeah. like, wow, what a, what a weird guy. Yeah, very weird, but he's I one of those guys. what his house looks like. I was probably nuts. He was married for a long time, and now he's single. You know, and I think the the I'm thinking he's he's one of those guys that probably when his wife left the house instead of crying he probably went. 
now I can get to work. Yeah. You know? <laughs> now I can go work on my machines. Yeah. I bet he has like a lathe and all sorts of industrial equipment <laughs> in his garage. Like shit that just dudes don't have at home. There's a lot of dudes who like building things, man. Adam Carolla has like a full cabinetry like construction setup at his garage. He's got the dopest place where he where Adam does his podcast. He's got a, a killer studio set up where it's like couches and microphones and all that and a, a whole staff. He has a yeah. staff of like when I was there, there was like five or six people working for him, manning the video cameras and working the phones and all this different shit. And then he's got this back area where he keeps his cars, where he also has carpentry equipment. He's like building fucking cabinets and oh, shit. That's awesome. He's a strange cat. He's one of the weirdest, the weirdest become, I mean, he is, a, I, I, I would consider him a stand-up comic now. He wasn't for a long time, and now he is again. But yeah. he's one of the weirdest of those guys. Because he's such a, he doesn't watch comedy. He's not a fan of comedy. Yeah. But to him, it's like, he goes, well, it's just easy for me to do. So <laughs> I just kind of go do it. That's, that's yeah. a dead on one. And he just fucking doesn't. I just... never, I never met him before. It's funny. You, oh, he's great. You, 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 there's these guys been around forever. Never met. I met Tom Arnold recently. I did a pilot with him, and he was he was super cool. I never, I, I had no idea what he you was. Got to catch him on the right mixture. Oh yeah. <laughs> you, know, you might catch him when he's on some weed and he's friendly as fuck, and you catch him <laughs> he's gacked out and he wants to cut your fucking heart out with a fork. I don't, I, I don't need my heart getting cut out with a fork because I need us to go to network. And get People are complaining the thing. audio is fucked up, Brian. Yeah, I was getting some reverb in my ear. Yeah, Brian. I don't want. I'm scared to touch it. <laughs> All right. Well, that's not good because then it's good on the MP3, but that's what I was playing with earlier. Well, how do we know what it sounds like on the uh, UStream? See, the problem is this laptop doesn't have a uh, headphone jack because it only has one jack for headphone. Well, and doesn't this one have a headphone jack? Yeah, but I. I mean, if you plug, if I can plug it in there and listen to it, I can. Try yeah, why don't you plug it in there and listen? What to are you using? Jesus that, Christ! That I don't want to interrupt you. you well, I want to find out what's going on, man, because the last one was terrible, apparently. You get mad at me. I don't get mad at you always, just when you're retarded. I was just playing with the level. Tell me not to. Okay, tell me what's going on now. Now you listen to it. Uh, sure. Here, hold on. I'll turn it around. I'm talking to you, Brian Michael. It's uh, you stream right now. So I'm getting a big spinning ball. Ustream is very nice for having us on and all that good stuff, but it seems like it kind of sucks. I see yeah. a lot of complaints about it all the time. Yeah, well, it's free, you know? It's yeah. The, it's the, at least you don't have all the ads, ad things. Are you getting in there? Um, yeah, see, it's all static and stuff. Still? How bad does it sound? Yeah. Does it sound really bad? Check it, check it. it sounds shit like shit. Well, why don't we disconnect it from that thing? How much of a pain in the ass? How long would that take? Well, the problem is, is that it makes no sense at all. The 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 audio. Oh damn, Brian, we can't have this. this hold on, this is terrible. Wait, can I can I show you something though? Can I show you hold something? on. Here's the audio that your computer's saying it sounds like. Yeah, the, the, I understand that, Brian, but it's well, going. Okay. There, this this plug that's going in here, it's the same plug. It's going in here. Check this out. Brian, I don't care. What I'm saying is, it sounds like terrible for it sounds terrible for the people that are listening on UStream. Yeah. So how do we fix that? Uh, we're gonna stop. We're gonna stop. And we'll be right back. All right. We're gonna stop, folks. All right. We're gonna fix this. You know, it was like that the whole time. 